welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. This is episode six, and it is entitled Empaths versus Narcissists. Wow, sixth episode already. Got my Scotty here. Yes, and I'm ready to go today. I just stopped in yep. at the Wawa, of course. Your fave. Fave, got my pumpkin spice coffee, got you your Diet Coke. <laughs> you did. The kids are at the grandparents' house. Yeah. Life's good. It's good. Life's it's good. good. Yeah, and what do you think about today's tight? It's empaths versus narcissists. I had such great feedback from the recovering empath episode right. four, and a lot of people had a lot of questions about the relationships between empaths and narcissists. Oh. So it's empaths versus narcissists. And this is episode six. Yes. Well, that's the dun da 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 dun da da like Star Wars, like, like the like Empire Strikes Back like the Empire or something. Well, think, yeah. What? Yeah. What would this be? Oh wait, hold on. Yeah. The good guys well, win. Well, the new hope was four. Which one's the good guys win? The good guys win. <laughs> Is Empire that would no no that's Return of the Jedi. So okay, that's six. That's awesome. So five. Oh, that's this episode. And it's weird. That's yeah. the sixth movie. Six movies was Re Return of the Jedi. And this is the sixth episode. Yeah. So this is like that makes whoa. Sense. It does make sense because Empire Strikes Back was the fifth episode. Right. And that was when things went bad, right? Right. We were, we were, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just talking about that. It's crazy right. that like okay, so major Star Wars. <laughs> synergy here and we probably don't have that many star wars fans <laughs> no. so we, we might be the only two no but like if you're married this. to a green you definitely have a star wars fan at home right right so like they get it but yeah so um empaths versus narcissists you know and i'm excited to do this episode but we have to talk about yoga do we have to go there yeah we do well our favorite place to hang out other Friday mornings is the YMCA, <laughs> not an ad, <laughs> not an ad. And I dread like this is where I really was proud of my manifestation on a really small scale. I got Scott to start yoga, and he's in week four of being a yogi. Yeah, I mean that is a huge. I'm going to say that that's not a very small manifestation. No, it really wasn't because people. if you asked me to do yoga <laughs> a year ago, yeah, I would have said no way. You wouldn't have done it. No, but you like it. Uh, well, well, am I am, am I considered a yogi? You're a yogi now. I'm a yogi now? I think so. You've I, done I'm, like four classes. I did four classes. <laughs> I know four moves. I know like baby gets the bottle. Was that's, that, was that that's one? A child, that's child's pose. Okay, so I can do baby, <laughs> child gets bottle no, at a child, crib. That's just child. It's just Which child's, one is that? child's pose. Which one is that again? There's nothing about a bottle. <laughs> Which one is child's pose? Like, like what am I you're, doing? Like, you're like leaning back on your heels and like. Okay. And you're bent, you're like yeah. So I've been doing down. I've been doing that. Right. That was I, hard for you because you don't have flexible like ankles. Do the dog. What is that one? Do the do downward dog. Downward. Down, downward dog. Down and up dog. It's down and up, right? Wag the tail. What is it? No, it's downward dog. I do the downward dog where you, I put my can, heels down. Yes. And yeah. put my arms front. Yep. Okay, so I do that. Um, I do like that Game of Thrones thing. The warrior. Yeah. Warrior. Yeah. That's warrior position. What I feel like I'm like. Khaleesi or whatever. Yeah, that game of <laughs> Or John Snow. Okay. Yeah. You yeah, look good just, and that. then I kind of turn my hands up and yeah, the, down. Yeah, your palm goes up My palm down. goes up, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I do so many now. I do like like the chicken nugget. Is that one I don't of them? know that one. I don't even know what the hell that one is. That's like when my whole body gets as small as a chicken nugget. Like I'm like all in like a, no, that's a like, thing. I think that's sitting cow you're talking about sitting where you cow. stack your knees on top yeah. of each other and, and lean I can't, forward. Like I'm, like I'm stuck. Like, <laughs> like someone... But you're doing it. I am doing. You it. were so sore, like the week week one. Oh my god, week okay. Because you first, lift weights, yeah. but you never do yoga. No, I, I yeah, I lift weights. You yeah. know, I do all the machines and everything. Yeah. And the first yoga week, I went in there to Ed's class, and I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah, our I'll teacher's do this. name is Ed. He's great. Yeah, he's great. 
He, he, he's a big Outlander fan. He is. Which we'll get into he later. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I'm not into that, but, um, <laughs> but you know, I'm like, all right, fine, let's do this. And he's like, oh, this will be a light stretch and yoga. And I'm like, fine. Right. I literally, two minutes in, I feel like I'm going to throw up. <laughs> two minutes of me like just contorting weird and I'm about to puke. I was so, pr- yeah, you like ran out, you were like sweating. I ran out sweating. The yoga's profusely. not like super, like people think it's easy, but it's, no. it's hard. No, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It is a workout. Yeah. It's like a good workout for yeah. lengthening I mean, and stuff. After everything hurt, my ankles hurt. Well, last last week, I couldn't, mm. you you kept it together for the your first, uh, what, what <laughs> like was that? you heard the first yoga fart. Uh, is in, that a thing? In the class. Oh, really? <laughs> like, like we looked at each, like somebody farted. <laughs> Thank God this never happened to me. I was surprised it didn't happen to you. It has never happened to me. I, like, in I the looked four at times you, and we had like like a little middle school moment. Like yeah. We just started giggling. Yeah. But that's what happens in yoga class. But it, it is crazy. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> like, I'm like, I mean, and you don't want to see me do it, by the way. No, like, I think you do I look good. like a wound, like we do the, like the flamingo, whatever. Yeah, that's the I look like called. I've been that's shot. Good. Like, I, like no. a flamingo that's been shot. No, you do really well. Yeah. I'm proud uh, of you. And, yeah. I'm very proud of you. I mean, you. like, yeah. I mean, I, I try not to look at anybody in there because then I'll look how bad I'm doing it. Well, it's good. It's and dark. hopefully nobody's looking at me because I am the only guy in there. I'm really proud so, of you. You're the only red yeah. guy in there. That's I mean, for sure. I mean, yeah. Red person. Well, I'm the only, I think once there was another guy. There in was. There. Yeah. yeah. Ed tells me I'm doing very well. Yes. You love so, talking to Ed. I like Ed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So well. we're getting a little serious today. We're talking about empath versus narcissist. And like I said... If you didn't listen to episode four of the recovering empath, um, this is where this stems from because a lot of people were talking about like, what is the relationship between empaths and narcissists? So empaths, uh, empaths feel other people's feelings the same way as they feel their own. So like I said, there's purples, does this be your purples, your blues, your indigos, your turquoises. Um, and chances are, if you're listening to this, you like have that in your aura, like a 99, like nobody willingly listening to this doesn't have one of those colors in their aura. So that's probably, yeah, the unaware and programmed empath is like really, uh, like it's a struggle. Like if you don't know you're an empath, if you don't know your abilities, which is one of my, main goals I feel like in my lifetime to like kind of tell people like hey like you have this gift you feel other people the same way you feel yourself which means that can control you if you don't have a handle on it and there is one species of person of energy that wants you to be unaware and that is the narcissist because empaths who are unaware and who are programmed they need constant opportunities to give in their life. They have learned from an early age that their self-worth is dependent upon other people's approval and upon them borrowing other people's satisfaction for what they've done. Now, unaware and programmed empaths, these are empaths that just don't know they're empaths. They have this insatiable need to give. And it's because nobody ever taught them, you know, and they didn't, they haven't woken up or whatever yet to see that actually you can get all that you need from your connection to source and spirit and light working and other ways. So what happens is, is the narcissist comes in What's a narcissist? So narcissism is a personality disorder. Like you can get diagnosed with narcissism. I don't, you know, and I'm not a doctor, you know, and I'm not a psychologist or anything like that. But energetically speaking, the way I see it, I call it the chained soul. Like people ask me like, are they, do they have black auras? Like, what are they? It's like, no, they are people who have chosen to basically take their soul 
and put it away for this lifetime. And we all go through moments, all of us, like where sometimes we aren't operating from our soul place, our place of soul. We're not, you know, we're operating kind of like in a coma or we just kind of go through the motions or whatever. But narcissists make some sort of choice somewhere along the way where they put away their soul and they operate 100% off ego. They're ego operators, I call them. And they completely suppress the journey of the soul for the superficial ego attention. This is why narcissists are extremely materialistic. They have an insatiable need for attention. They have an insatiable need to be constantly given to. They take, 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 take. And at some point they made a choice to be this way. It's hard for empaths because a lot of times narcissists have a very sad backstory. Like, and, and it's almost like empaths and narcissists, it's almost like, um, they can come from the, they're, they're cut from the same cloth. It's just, there was a choice made at some point where they, you know, empaths have no ability to turn off their need to give and their need to feel other people. But narcissists usually, like if you really dig into a lot of their upbringings, they were neglected or they were um, cast aside. Sometimes they were overpaid attention to, like they were, too, they were the star of the show, the, the sun and moon, you know, rotated around them in their mother's or father's eyes. You know, it, it's extremes here. They were made to feel too important. They were made to feel that the ego and the gifts of this material world are all you need to achieve for. So narcissists feed off, unaware, and programmed, and victimized empaths. This is their food. This is their energy drink. This is what they use. They cannot survive without an unaware empath around them to drain. And the quickest way to get rid of a narcissist is to get aware. Like, they'll, they'll go running. They'll, they'll give you terrible, they'll say awful things to you, but they will go away. But they feed off unaware and programmed and victimized empaths. Narcissists have this, this insatiable need. They can't stop. They need to receive constantly. And unaware empaths have an insatiable need to give. That's the only place where they get their self-worth. So this creates this parasitic type relationship where the one constantly gives and the one constantly receives. And at the end of the day, these empaths are the ones that get tossed away when they are used and broken and no longer of use to the narcissist. And they'll go pick up a fresh one. They'll go pick up a fresh one. They don't care. They have no conscience about that. Because unaware empaths have this insatiable need to give, I see narcissists create what I call empath traps. This is very important. Empath traps is something where a narcissist will present a reality where the narcissist themselves is victimized, angry, where they desperately need support. And they will collect empaths to help them heal. They'll, and they'll give them gratitude and thanks and compliments and all sorts of things. And they'll give that unaware empath the feeling that they did something good today. That that's why it's so important for an empath to be very wary of where you give your energy to because empath traps are a thing. I see this a lot in my practice. Just one example, for example, um, in relationships that didn't work out. And one of the parties, I mean, uh, by the way, narcissists are equally men and women, you know, so like, I'll just, this is for an example, 
but you know, I'll see this a lot in my practice where a woman all of a sudden who broke up with her narcissist ex is getting attacked by the new girlfriend and she's attacking her and she's hacking her phone and she's going after her social media and she's doing all these things. And what happened was the narcissist created this whole narrative for the new empath in his life that he was victimized by his ex. And won't you be my hero if you just go after her and you do this and you do that. And, and it's a topic of conversation. And they basically create this trap for the new unaware empath to become what is called a flying monkey. What, so just like in The Wizard of Oz, she has her flying monkeys, right? The Wicked Witch. And this is like a real thing. They're called flying monkeys. And these are the empaths that do the bidding of the narcissist. They will bully, harass, and support the narcissist's agenda. They are they do it without thinking. They do anything the narcissist says. They don't question their own soul, their own head, their own heart. They've totally absorbed, because that's what empaths do, into the narcissist and will start supporting the narcissist's agenda. So it is not uncommon when you piss off a narcissist to get a bunch of other people after you. And these people are, they just are unaware and you have to forgive them and you have to move on. And that's why it's so important for each one of us to make sure we are aware and we are self-aware and we do see our gifts and we do see where we can move past these phases so we never get caught in an empath trap set by a narcissist. Because they a narcissist will make Unaware empaths become their extensions, an extension of their own ego, their own needs, everything. They love this attention. And like I said, when it's done, when, it, when they are done with you, the narcissist will project everything that they just did onto you. Wow, you're crazy. Wow, you did that yourself. I didn't tell you to do that. Wow, you are absolutely out of your mind. And they just throw you away. And it's very easy to become defensive and all these things. But truly, the more aware you get, the more you step away, the better it is. And that's the whole point of understanding what the narcissist needs you for. They're, they're predators. You know, if you think about like a lion, the lion probably knows more about the antelope than the antelope knows about the antelope. Okay. Like the narcissist knows all about the empath. They know what you like. They know what you need to hear. They are very intuitive that way. They know their prey. They know exactly what you need. And the thing is, is they'll start, they'll build you up and they'll make you feel so good. And they will make you feel like so special, like you're actually making a difference for them. But then that's like a honeymoon period and it slowly disintegrates. And then all of a sudden, like you become wrong somehow. And if your behavior changes, if you just change a little bit, we could go back to the way it was. This is your fault that I'm being mean to you, the narcissist will tell you. This is your fault I'm talking to you this way, that I'm withholding, that our life is this way. This is your fault I cheated on you. This is your fault that we can't have a relationship. Everything's your fault. That's what the narcissist will tell you. There is no personal responsibility. They will hold gratitude, attention, and praise just above your head. And they just want you to keep reaching for it. I call it the stage. Okay. If you think about it, like the, you know, awards, you know, like when you were a kid, you know, you, you, you know, there's a certain amount of things you can do to get the award. Right. And the narcissist builds the stage and the narcissist creates the criteria for the award. 
and they tell you that you can walk across that stage and get that award. And the thing is, is they keep changing the terms on you and you never quite get there. You never quite get there. And you're going to start getting compared to other people, how other people, oh, you know, I wish my so-and-so's daughter, she does this for her mother. Wow. That's really nice. What a great daughter she is. Things like that, you know, you're that, you know, especially, you know, we can talk about it in relationships. We can talk about it in family members, like narcissistic mothers, narcissistic fathers. The other thing is, is like pitting siblings against each other. Now I go into narcissistic families. You know, there's only one relationship you're allowed to have you and the narcissist. They do not like it when you have a relationship with anyone else in the family. So in narcissist families, a lot of the time, huh, no one gets along. That's weird huh, there's only one person everyone talks to. That's weird. Okay. That's what the narcissist's point is. They can't handle like the siblings having a good relationship. They can't handle that. Why? Because they need to be the most special. Covert narcissism. You may have heard that. These are con artists. This is hidden abuse. Okay. No one believes you. No one believes you. They isolate you. I see this a lot in family situations with narcissistic parents. Nobody understands what happened to you. And when you talk about it, wow, you made that up or you're crazy or you're insecure or you got to let that go. Or like you hear a lot of things like that. So a lot of times empaths who are victims of narcissist abuse, they just shut up about it. They just let it go. They just eat it. And a big thing I see empaths do when dealing with narcissism, because there's this thing called um, responsibility, personal responsibility, and the narcissist refuses to hold it. And huh, what do empaths do? They absorb everything. Empaths will absorb the personal responsibility of the narcissist. So that turns into shame. That turns into low self-esteem. That turns into actually agreeing with such a low self-worth that that's the only love you can know. If you grew up with a narcissistic parent, that's the only love you understand is normal. It is extremely difficult for you to have relationships with people. You have to reinvent everything. You have to go back to source or your connection with spirituality. This is how you do it by understanding what what you are as an empath and where you get your connection to spirit from. That's where you go. That's where you go back to. That's your center. And then you start inviting people into your life that reflect that. Other narcissist common terms, because this is what's going to happen when you start separating from narcissists, when you start standing in your truth, when you start becoming self-aware, you're going to get gaslighting. Gaslighting is the use of psychological warfare against you to make you feel like what you're saying is crazy. Basically, the narcissist says, I didn't do it. And if I did it, you deserved it. Okay, there's no other way around it. I did not do that. That's not true. You're lying. Oh, and then if they finally get caught, well, you deserved it. No, there's deflection, constant. Projecting. If you get accused of something by a narcissist, they just told you what they're doing, okay? You're cheating on me. You're doing, okay, go check his phone because he's the one probably doing that to you, okay? Like this, this constant projecting, you don't love me. Well, you know, um, you don't, that's always the basis of it. You don't love me. And they're telling you how they feel, okay? Projecting is all they can do. It's constant. They will put anything they have because they can't hold it onto you because you absorb it. Notice that. 
anything a narcissist tells you, you can't trust it. You have to take it. You got to look at it separate from yourself and you have to really consider the source and what it means. Narcissists are extremely abusive. Basically, if you behave the way I want you to, I will treat you well. Then you will get this self-worth that you want so badly to me. That is their only playing card. That's their only card. That's their one trick. The second you don't need them to have any sort of satisfaction with you is the second you are free. Break that chain, cut that tie, tell yourself, I don't need them. I don't need them to have approval for me. It's okay. I have it somewhere else. There will always be honeymoon periods with the narcissist. There will be times when they're actually fun, when it's great, when it's loving, when it feels like amazing connection, like it's real, like this is who they really are. Like I can put up with the bad stuff because right now this is the good stuff. Well, ups and downs like that aren't normal relationship ups and downs. But if you were raised a certain way, you might not know that. So starting to pay attention to it is important. Obviously, you will bond with your narcissist abuser. That can happen very often, especially if you were raised by a narcissist. It's the only love that feels acceptable or normal to you. And bonding with a narcissist can also make you defensive of your own choice to love that person. So making sure that you're not getting defensive about your own choices and instead saying, you know what, I'm changing. It's okay that I'm changing. It's okay that I'm changing my, my mind about things. It's okay that I am looking at relationships differently now, even ones that I've had for years. It's okay. Any healthy relationship should grow with you. Any healthy friendship, relationship, family relationship, it needs to grow with you. It is extremely hard to get a narcissist out of your life. Okay. Um, especially if they're family, you have to understand that they all lie. They all believe their own lies and they will only accept people in their lives that go along with their reality. If you stand in your truth, you're going to get it from the narcissist. You are going to get, cause they are real good. Like I said, at knowing exactly what you need and exactly what you're insecure about, you will get attacked. That will happen. The only relationship the only functional relationship you can have with a narcissist is an estranged one. If you choose to have a narcissist in your life, you, there is dysfunction and there will be abuse. A lot of us feel the need to do this because it's our mother or it's our father or it's whatever, okay? Just know that. The other thing is they say, you know, they say set boundaries. Okay, set boundaries. Narcissists hate boundaries. They'll poke at a boundary all day long. They can't stop it. People ask me, do narcissists have a black aura? Like I said at the beginning, they don't. Narcissists have aura colors, but they do operate in aura color a little differently. Like they all, like they all gaslight and they all project and they all are like everything I just said, they all do that. But each color does have its own kind of, I don't know, way of, way of being. So I'll go through them. So reds. Reds are the, like, they're the easiest ones to see because they're loud. Like, reds are loud. Like, they're your loud ones. They're, like, angry. They're, like, like they're yelling at everyone else. They're real scary looking. You know, they're violent. They, you know, they got big mouths, okay? Everybody's scared of that. So, reds are the easiest ones because they truly do advertise it. Yellows. Yellows are, like, yellow narcissists, condescending. 
very condescending. So like I see this a lot with like narcissistic mothers and stuff. Like it's like, oh, you're wearing that? Oh, oh. you know, it's kind of like rude. It's nasty. It's making you feel like when you walk in their room, you look awful. Things like that, like narcissist mothers and their daughters. Like it's, I see that a lot with the yellow narcissists. They have one reality. There's no talking them out of it. They're a little elite, a little above everything. They have this air of higher intelligence and they're very cold. They're very cold. Um, green narcissists, they love to manipulate with money. That's like a big thing with them. They'll withhold it or they'll give it based off the behavior of their empath. Okay. Like I see this a lot with like nurse, um, green, uh, parents who are like, you know, if you do what I actually, yeah, I see a lot of this with abuse. Like, um, if you go along with my abuse, I'll keep paying for this, you know, like they'll, they'll abuse their children, but then they get a car. They'll abuse their children, but then they get, you know, their tuition paid for or whatever. So the empath feels like this is how, you know, this is the only way I can get love or, you know, I, I can't exist without this monetary support. So I'll keep putting up with the abuse, but I see greens do that a lot. Green narcissists, um, they're robotic. They will estrange you out of their life. They will cut you out. They will cut you out of their life. Um, whereas like other narcissists will try to poke their way back in here and there. Like a green is really good at cutting you out, but they, they're scary because greens are really good with the legal system. So I, whenever I see like a green and there's like a custody situation or something like that, this is where it gets frightening because they make, they're so smart greens naturally that like a green narcissist can convince like a court of things and stuff and get away with a lot um, because they're very calculated and systematic that way. They're con artists, but very believable. Purples. Purples are manipulative. They have like high interpersonal intelligence because of their intuition. Purples, I say this all the time, just because someone's intuitive does not mean they have your best interest at heart, okay? Purple narcissists are still intuitive. Like they know things about you and you're like, wow, that's crazy. How'd you know that? I feel so connected to you. Well, they're using it. Okay. They're using it to manipulate you. They're going to blow it up in your face later. So you got to be careful. They play others off one another. They're believable. They use that intuition to trap you, divulge information, then use it against you. So be careful who you tell things to, because that's what purples do. They get you to get all vulnerable and then they use it later. Blues. The blue narcissist is the, if the red is the easiest to spot, the blue narcissist is the toughest to spot. Blue narcissists are victims. They are fragile and weak and defensive. They're sad. They have health issues. If you're mean to them, all of a sudden their heart hurts. Ooh, 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 you're hurting me. Um, they, anything you do hurts them terribly. Everyone in their circle thinks you're evil, okay? Because how could you hurt this defenseless person? Behind closed doors, I see this a lot. I see this a lot with like narcissistic parents who are blue. They beat the crap out of their kids or something like that. Nobody believes that. No, no, no. Like the 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 children of the blue narcissist, I often see like I, this is a no-win situation. I'm a bad person. Every you know, it, it must be true cuz everybody else sees something different than what I was raised with. Blue narcissists are the toughest to spot. They act so weak all the time. Boundaries. They say build boundaries. And you do. You have to build boundaries. Um, but a narcissist will attack your boundary. They'll ridicule it. They'll test it. They'll beat on it. 
um, that's just, just get ready for that. Like if you build a boundary, I mean, walking away, I say, you know, block someone, get rid of them, walk away. It's okay to do it. You're not a bad person for walking away from abuse. Lastly, I want to talk about something I call energy mirrors. Usually you have one formative narcissist in your life. Okay. Even if you deal with them or put up a boundary or walk away from them, they will show back up. They'll show back up in the form of other people. And I call those energy mirrors. They will be all of a sudden a friend who wants to do something with you. Somebody who comes on real strong out of nowhere. Okay. There'll be a relationship. There'll be a coworker. They'll be your boss. Energy mirrors. And that's where you have to deal with the deep down, hardcore, broken parts of you that have to do with taking satisfaction from pleasing other people and moving that to center, to source, to light working, to helping people who help you back, to helping people who need it and deserve it and pay it forward. Like I talked in episode four about light working, helping the ones who are vulnerable. That is where you will do best with your rechanneling of your empath energy so that narcissists who will always be attracted to you will understand pretty quickly that they can't control you. And that is empaths versus narcissists. And I'm very interested in any of your feedback on this. Comments, stories. Um, it's something that it's almost shameful, I feel like, for a lot of empaths to talk about how they were taken advantage of by narcissists, how they were doormatted by narcissists, like a doormat, doormatted. I made that up <laughs> like that. So I want to hear what you have to say. Scott, Scott's back. Hey, that was unbelievable. You like that? Yeah, I learned a lot. Did you? Yeah. I feel like we talk about narcissists a lot, though. We do, but I think you categorized it pretty good. I tried to be organized. Yeah. I wrote it down. Yeah. I and was proud of myself. I think our Star Wars reference definitely holds true with Darth Vader and all that. It all goes back to <laughs> Star Wars. Good versus Good versus bad. evil. Luke but, versus... Although Luke could be a narcissist, too. But you think that's so? That's another episode. That's Whoa. a whole other episode. Like, how, how do you figure that? Um, you know, cause like, you know, he, he leaves all his friends and he goes to like Dagobah to go with yoga. No, he Yoda was, he was the, the isolated empath, Scott. Isolated empath. That's what ice, that's what empaths do when they isolate, honey. Oh, I have so they much have to, to go deal with Yoda. I have so much to learn. Yeah. He was isolating. It's okay. He didn't trust himself. Luke didn't trust himself? He didn't trust himself. I don't remember the movies, but that was, that's what an isolated yeah. empath does. That's okay. So he, he does, they don't trust their own instincts so anymore because they hurt yeah. people. They feel like they hurt people or they pick right. the wrong people or whatever. Right. So then He's he just kind of went, met Yoda, messed yeah. around with him and for And Yoda while. taught him to work in the light. Ugh. Hello. Ugh, I have so much to learn. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Star Wars. Okay. Well, speaking of that, yes. someone who's definitely not a narcissist, spotlight on your client. Yeah. So here is a segment. I've done it once before and I'm doing it again. It's called Spotlight on a Client. Yes. Okay. So today I want to talk about for Spotlight on a Client, my client, Saba Gaffardi. And she is lovely and she has a purple and red aura. And I think this kind of sums up one of my quotes. What you're good at isn't necessarily good for you. Okay. So I did an email reading for her a long time ago and, you know, basically, you know, without knowing anything, I saw, okay, you have like a purple and red aura and, you know, it, just to sum it up, you know, she was working in marketing and it just wasn't for her. Right. You know, she was, and I, the way I saw it is she was leaning more on the red 
And that was overpowering and overshadowing like this purple in her, this creative energy. And, you know, this all came out in the email reading. And the thing is, is she's a really talented and gifted writer. And she was really getting suffocated in her corporate job, her corporate red person marketing job. And, you know, they just weren't giving her the satisfaction that she needed, like the creative freedom and and this and that. She actually has a blog and everybody should check it out. And it's just called Saba. And I'm going to put it on my stories. So was there any inauthentic? Colors? That's what happened? You know, she was imbalanced. She was imbalanced. Yeah, she was very imbalanced. Like, red, purple people, they get it done. Like, red and purple people, it's a very powerful combo. It means you get stuff done. So, so, so her natural colors were, are red and purple. Yes, but she was, she was, the problem was sometimes in our society and when you're a red, and I think you understand this, Scott, yeah. is that the logic of the society really does line up with red people logic. Work, make money, right. do things logically. Put money away. Do that again tomorrow. And then if you want to do something that's fun and creative but doesn't pay money right now, well, that's just stupid. And so that's, like, how society forms us. And with Sava, like, she had such this her purple was like really trying to come through so you're saying the red was kind of pushing the purple down yeah it was telling the purple to to shut up basically (laughs) okay and so once she let that purple out which is scary to do it's scary to kind of let let your purple out let that out and more balance to it you know she actually left the job that was causing her so much suffocation and like she said to me and it's true like every day Mm -hmm. was the same there was no fulfillment, you know, yeah, like it, I, I understand she had that. all this anxiety building up in her. Yeah. She didn't know where to put it. And she had one day this random thought and she heard the word, which I, this is how spirit talks. Sometimes she heard the word blog okay. and she started this blog and it's called Saba and you can look it up. It's sabagafardi.com. And how do you spell that? Uh, it is S A B A G H A F F A R I dot com. And I'm going to put all this on my stories and whatnot. And her Instagram is S A B A underscore G H A F F A R I. It's like Gafari. So that's, I mean, this is really an interesting thing yeah. for me because. So now, like, if you looked at her, like, so when you first yeah. did the reading, yes. you said like, the red was, like, kind of, this is really interesting. It was, yeah. was kind of pushing the purple down. It was. So now, when you yes. looked at her picture, like, She's just recently, or talked to her, you see the purple yes. kind of pushing the red down? Yeah. Or, well, no, it's more balanced. More like, balanced. the red is there to support. See, the ego can hijack an aura color. Okay. So sometimes, like, with her, the ego was hijacking the red. Right. And the ego was telling and using that color to basically tell her, um, you know, be scared of change, oh, you know? That's, that's and when she instead used the red to support a different kind of logic, right. which is you can follow your dreams and abundance will come. Right. She got all these signs. So she changed her, and she talks about this in her blog. And she's under, you know, it's like she even says herself, like it's a journey. Like this is under construction. Mm-hmm. You know, like she, once she followed this zigzag path, which she kind of talks about in her blog, and she, and, and my favorite one was like, don't give up, like never give up. That was like my favorite blog she wrote, never give up. Because it was really about 
how sometimes you make a choice and things can change and you kind of double back and then you, and moving and she had all these synchronicities and all these things and she's finally in a place where she has a job that allows her freedom and time to write and Good. work on her craft and get to you know she's on her journey of getting a goal and right. and all that purple now has an outlet interesting yeah now, this is maybe not for her so much saba but um could that purple then so at some point overcome the red and then we get a purple bomb? Is that possible? Purple bomb, sure. That could happen. All to purples. So we're hoping that doesn't happen to All her. listen, purple bombs are good at <laughs> I think if, you know, everyone has any if you're purple, you've thrown purple bombs in your life. And a purple bomb, if you just are learning about this, is a term I coined for when you just like say F it. And like you just do something so screwed up right. that your life is going to change no matter what because of that. And they're always destructive. And sometimes they lead you, they always lead you to change. And sometimes like they'll lead you to a good change, but sometimes they're just plain old self-destructive, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think Salva dealt with this and she talks about it. Just it's like, I didn't want to just do that. Like I wanted to be responsible. Right. You know, and she taught that her, it's a very interesting journey she goes on. And I really recommend a lot of people read it. Cause okay. I, I read a lot of young, young people who are in the process she's in. Like, no, you know, what do I do? I'm not satisfied here. Am I going to be okay if I do something different? What does that feel like? like being in different stages and a stage of limbo and a stage of excitement, a stage of this and that. And that's what her blog's about. Sounds fa fascinating. Living authentically, but also there's a struggle with it. Yeah. And the struggle, it doesn't go away. It's a lifetime of, of that, but it's worth right. it, you know? And if she throws off a purple bomb, you might get to read about it. That, <laughs> I think she's going to write about it. I feel like <laughs> she has. So check that out. And I, again, I'll put it on my stories and my show notes. All right. So now we'll move on to our frequently asked questions. Cue the music. Okay, just kidding. All right, so we have Becky D. from the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family, and she asks, what color is Dee Dee Blanchard and her daughter, Gypsy Rose Blanchard? Blanchard, Blanchard yeah. From the documentary, Mommy Dead... And Mommy Dearest. Okay, so if you I have no haven't idea seen, is, is. I think it's on HBO. If you haven't seen this documentary called Mommy, Dead, and Dearest, okay, it'll make you feel like a really good mother. That's the first thing. Even if I'm a guy? <laughs> or father. Oh, or father. Anything. Okay. Bas okay. It's about Munchausen's. Okay. And, and basically what happened was Dee Dee made her kid, Gypsy Rose, so sick, like on purpose. Is, it, is this that movie, Mommy, Dearest, we're talking about? No, no, no. That's That's an old movie. Okay. Like, I know you're always trying to get me to watch that. Yeah. No. That's narcissist too, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I should watch yeah that. Totally. Yeah. Then Mommy Dearest is about a narcissist. Okay, so but this is something different. totally different. Yeah. And I think a lot of people know what I'm talking about because like it's a documentary and it was on and it's about she made her kid like really sick and talk about empath traps because this chick, Dee Dee Blanchard, accepted so much um, money from the community. I mean, this, she had her kid on the news and she was like making her ill, like doing all these awful things to her. So it's a really fascinating documentary, but anyways, what color is she? So Dee Dee Blanchard is, she's blue narcissist. Wow. So that's like, she's a hard one to spot because it's like, everybody was like, you're evil if you talk bad about this family. Right. But it turned out because, you know, Gypsy Rose and her boyfriend killed her. Wait, wait. So Dee Dee's dead? Her daughter, her da her daughter's boyfriend killed her. Gypsy Rose got Blanchard's her, got, got her, got her boyfriend to boyfriend kill her mother. her mother. She was stuck there. Like it was 
now oh. Gypsy Rose. I don't know if she's in jail or she's out. I forget. The daughter you're talking about? Yeah. Oh. She killed her mother. Well, yeah. she well, had she had, had her mother killed. Like it was and all the, set and up. And he's in jail. Yeah, I believe so. And the mother obviously is. Yeah. It's a mess. So she better anyways, not. She better not haunt us right now. Blue. Dee Dee, you're no, no, no. Blue narcissist. Blue narcissist. Empath trap. Is she in this studio right Absolutely now? Absolutely not. Which is our dining room no, table. No, we do not you let sh- those spirits. Okay, Dee Dee, come on. We're we're doing a show. Because I think I just I did hear. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. I heard a weird noise. Okay. And it freaked me out. Like. If you saw my face, if this was actually like you know like video, yeah, you would have seen me freak out. Well, you heard you, the noise too. I know you heard I did that noise. Hear it. You did, right? Yeah, and you got scared. And I did get you saw me get scared. Yeah, and I thought Dee Dee. That's why I was like when you said she was dead. I was like, wait a second. No, uh, not here. I sage okay. too much. Please sage. This is this dining room table is just for readings and eating and, and podcasting. Podcasts. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Oof, scary stuff. All right. Sharon, from the, also from the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. And by the way, you can join this. It's on Facebook. Oh, yes, Facebook. Um, it's our you group. you get your questions asked, uh, hopefully, too. All right, what are some of the rare aura colors? Ooh, okay. So I talk about the five main aura colors, which are red, purple, blue, yellow, green. But um, people are, okay, so yellow guys. I always see, like, yellow women, mm-hmm. but I don't always see yellow guys. But Spencer Pratt is a yellow guy. Spencer Pratt's a yellow guy. Yeah. Okay. And I know a lot of the people on that page yeah. are in love with him. <gasps> he's or, you know, you he's know what I mean. fun. You know, he's like, and he's yellow. And I think the thing with being yellow is, and he loves crystals. And yellow people always love crystals. Really? Yeah, yellow people have like a thing for crystals. Okay. Yeah, so I think that's kind of interesting. And oh, that's, that's weird because, yeah, my dad. Like, when oh, we my went God, to, it's right. When we went to Crystal Fantasy in yeah. Palm Springs, uh, where your uncle works, he, yes. he saw these crystals like pyramids? Yes. That's a crystal, right? Your dad's yellow. And he's yellow. And he loves crystals. And he loves crystals. Yeah, like there's something about yellows. They love crystals. Like I don't get it. Like I, I like, like crystals too, but yellows like really love crystals. Yeah. And wow. um, so Spencer Pratt, you know, he's got like that crystal thing going on. And so mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, so he's a yellow guy. Um, he's also pretty organized, you know, like I feel like he really organizes him and his wife and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of rare or like she's pink. So his wife, Heidi, is pink. Okay. So pink. Oh, but you know who else is pink? Okay, Britney Spears is pink. We got to talk about her. Yeah, a lot of, uh, on the live show the other night, uh, I know Erica, the America, was asking about Britney Spears. Yes. And a lot of people were asking, what is yeah. Britney Spears? What color is Britney Spears? She's pink. Pink. She's pink. She got purple too, but she's really, really pink. Pink people do have this like caged bird thing kind of going on where they yeah. just, they're a little fragile. And, but Britney, I'm worried about her. Like when I look at her Instagram lately, I don't feel like she's well. And I feel like a lot of us have the same kind of feeling when we look at her. And yeah. it's, it's, I also feel very protective of her in a weird way. So I feel like that spirit, I don't, I feel like she's a good girl. I feel like she needs to be protected. Okay. I feel like she's very susceptible for, to people taking advantage of her. Do we need to go, where does she live, LA? Probably. Should we go to LA and find her and help her out? Yeah. I think that's called stalking. Stalking. <laughs> okay. So we shouldn't do that. Well, I, I mean, look, so. I mean, you said you need to protect her. Yeah. I think that's what stalker, like a crazy stalker might say. Yeah. Like, Sharifara is pink and I needed to protect her. <laughs> so I, I was on her front lawn throwing crystals at her house. <laughs> that we bought. Does that sound? From Spencer. That, that we, we stole from, from, we stole from, from Spencer, Spencer Pratt. Pratt. <laughs> was, we're normal. <laughs> I think that would make the news. <laughs> yeah, we would definitely make. Uh, so, was it KTLA out there? Yep, next yep. LA trip, we'll yep. go do that. We'll do that. We'll, we'll hopefully stop by our friends at Coast, and then we'll just stop at Britney yep. Spears' house. Yeah, and everyone will be like, "Oh my God, they were so normal. We didn't know they were going to go do that." Yeah. Um. Okay. Orange. Orange is a rare aura color. I'll see this like 
Orange will no okay so orange nobody holds orange the way I see it for like long amounts of time like they'll hold it during I'll see it during extreme change like somebody's getting a divorce or somebody's getting like they're moving their career trajectory like totally a one eighty so it's not like a permanent color you don't hold that permanently but Trump has a lot President Trump has a lot of orange in his aura so orange means change so when he was running and when he was running against hillary hillary's super yellow by the way Mm -hmm. when he was running against hillary i was like oh man like everything he said about changing things like i believe them okay turquoise 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 now i do read a lot of turquoises turquoises are like healers like i often see them in like reiki practices or like they heal with their hands like physical touch things like that they don't have like great boundaries like out of all the empaths like if i would rank empaths with like natural boundaries from highest to lowest would be like purple, blue, indigo, and then like turquoise. Okay. Has the hardest time with boundaries. But like they're going to give you like a big hug or something? No. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no, I mean like that's funny. I didn't think of it that way. No, not that they're overly touchy. Oh. No, that they, they're, they're like energy is easiest to permeate or to get through. Like, that makes no sense to me. What really? That yeah, what does that mean? Like, like okay, so you know how I'm like indigo and like yeah. like people hurt my feelings? Yes. And, I, and you're always like, oh, stop yeah, it. Yeah, right. Stop getting your feelings hurt constantly. Right. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Like turquoises have less ability to even like see that. So they, they would get more hurt feelings? They, yeah, they, they, okay, so turquoises are, they're like water. Like the way I see their their energy it always looks like water to me. So like if you have this beautiful crystal clear water and you put like one drop of like dirt in it the water just absorbs that and that's how turquoises are with energy like if they're around any sort of bad energy they can absorb all of it and they don't and and i think it becomes so just like in and if you put like one drop of dirty water Mm -hmm. and like a clear big jug of water you're not going to see it like it's just going to become part of them that's how i see their boundaries so they have to be like extra aware and sensory of who they hang out with so like aquaman would be turquoise Sure, Scott. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know any, like, I can't think of any even, like, turquoise celebrities. I just, hmm. I've read a lot of them in my practice. And, and Aquaman does wear the turquoise, like, Aquaman's, tights. like, a fake character. Right. <laughs> Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> those aren't real people. Okay. Well, um, maybe the guy that plays Aquaman. I think, yeah, so those are, like, the rare aura colors. Oh, oh, but, oh what about the rainbows? Oh, yeah. So Girls just want to have fun. There's crystal, and then there's rainbows. So, like, crystal, like, Keanu Reeves has, like, a crystal aura. And, like, crystal aura people are star seeds. And I could do, like, a whole... I did a blog post on this if you want to go look at it. Keanu. Keanu Reeves yeah. is a star seed. Those are people from, like, other planets who... Re- <laughs> That's, like, a whole other episode. That's a whole other right? episode. Yeah. If you're still with me, yeah. those are people who have incarnated as this is their first time as humans in this life, at, like, uh-huh. in this life existence. So they they were, like, aliens or other life forms before. Right. So usually, like, like, Keanu Reeves has a crystal aura. So usually their purpose is to try to raise our consciousness and vibration and things like that. Like, they can mask and parade as, like, regular humans and stuff. It's just that they always feel very separate and different hmm. and isolated. But rainbows, like, Cindy Lauper has a rainbow aura. Yeah. They're... They got the starseed thing going on too. It's just they're a little. They have had a little bit more time doing the human thing for a while, oh. so they're a little more. They can balance it a little better. Interesting, but they're still unique. And then, so what about, yeah. what about the? Okay, so we know you married a green. Yes, but usually that's a guy. Yeah, I talk a lot about men. Are there on that female episode. greens? Oh yeah, like Jane Goodall. Okay, is a female green. Um. Oh, Greta 
Thunberg, she's in the news a lot right now. She's that 16-year-old climate activist, mm -hmm. and she's very green. Very green. And if you see, like, now she has said that she ha um, has, I believe she says that she has Asperger's, if right. I'm saying that correctly. Um, and she does have that condition, but she's very self-possessed and very you know, uh, proactive about talking about climate and protecting the environment and speaking up. And she's been extremely well articulated and talking about all these things about healing our planet and making it different and trying okay. to stop. That's a green person right there. Now, okay. Now I had one the other day that, um, Jamie from light FM posted a picture of a girl, she took a like you know she they get a lot of celebrities at her radio station. Yeah, and it was like Billy Idol. Oh, Billy, Billy Eilish. By Billy Eilish. Eilish. And she was wearing all green. Is she was she green? No, she's purple. Oh, okay. So it's not like because like she was wearing all weird green. Yeah, she's super purple. I thought Billy Idol might have been green. All right. Yeah, Eilish. Yeah. Eilish. 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 Yeah, Eilish. Yeah. Help. Help us. <laughs> Someone will help us with that one. All right. All right. Next question. We got a poll question. Ooh, a poll. Okay, they so did they a poll. A, they did a poll. Leanna did. Uh, and the question that came up a lot was, what is a spirit guide and what is a soul contract? Yeah, Leanna did a poll and it was pretty cool to see what people are interested in. So a spirit guide, when I do my readings, this is who communicates with me. Um, they are your spirit guides and they, you can call them guardian angels or like, I like to call them little guidance counselors. They're not human. They've never been human. They're higher vibrational heavenly beings basically and before you come to earth i really feel this it's been shown to me i mean if it resonates with you great if it doesn't fine i feel like we have a soul contract so what that means is like we're coming here this is a classroom and we're coming here with some objectives and your spirit guides points is to keep you on your objectives so you will get certain messages or little, I call them like spirit winks or little nudges or little signs or whatever, if you're very aware from your spirit guides that will tell you I'm on the right path. This is good. This is working for me. Things yeah. like that. Like no, what? No, I what? Just you're looking it. all paranoid. Yeah. Because like someone, it felt like someone was tickling my ear. Are you serious? Yeah. Is that my spirit guide? Yeah. Oh, or is that just the cat? Is your spirit? No, there's no cat near you. Okay. Is your spirit guide? It could be, a, I don't know, is my spirit guide here? Sometimes, like, I'll hear, like, a ringing in my ear, like, when I do readings, like, a high-pitched vibrational really? noise, and I feel like that's, well, I know that's spirit. Yeah. That's how they speak to you. I think I have that sometimes, but I think it's just, like, a case of tetanitis, <laughs> or whatever that's called. <laughs> yeah. Tetanitis. Or that. Tetanitis, yeah. Or that. Or that, yeah. Yeah. No, but spirit guides are, like, your little guidance counselors, and your soul contract is, like, basically your objectives for being okay. here, if we had to, like, dumb that down. Okay. Yeah. And so I do have a spirit guide. Everyone has spirit guides. Oh. But yeah. You can shut them out. Like if you're a narcissist, yeah. they're like out of play this can, lifetime. <laughs> do you know do you know the name of my spirit guide? Well, spirit the way that I work, like okay. I know some psychics and some intuitives will tell you the names. Okay. Like, oh, your spirit guide's name is Raphael or whatever. Right. Um, the way that it's always worked for me, and I can only speak for myself, is your spirit guides are your spirit guides. Okay. And they will only reveal themselves to you. They talk to me and give me information. Okay. But they don't they're kind of elite in a way they're kind of like i'm not talking to you like i'm well, well, on the phone think of me that way during right. the reading well one time you said i had like a phoebe well because i live with you and yeah. and the sit i just the situation i just don't want it like when i do a reading it's different than you because yeah. i live with you right so your spirit guides basically like live with me okay and my spirit guides live with you and they cohabitate so yeah you do have one and like I, i've seen her Named and, phoebe. and 
I got the name Phoebe, okay. and she's like an older, beautiful, gray-haired woman, okay. and she constantly rolls her eyes at you. Yeah, I had, I mean, I had like this weird feeling that she just doesn't like me. She does like you. They no, like I don't. You. I, I, I'm going to tell you, Phoebe. I don't think she likes me. So that's we've had fights. No, you have not. We fought. <laughs> yeah, we've had we've had like knockdown, drag out fights. Me and Phoebe. That's weird. Yeah, I don't know what to tell. All you. right. Well, anyway. All right. Next question. Yes. So Jenny asks. Yes. What is your favorite? Because I think one of the uh, last episodes we talked about this. What is your favorite <laughs> binge-worthy <laughs> Netflix show? As an empath, yes. I enjoy Netflix because right. it's a great way to isolate. So anyway, right. so currently it's The Vampire Diaries. Wow. I'm rewatching it. Yeah, yeah. rewatching it. Judge from 19 Judge away. It was like from 2010. Oh okay, it's not that bad. Look, <laughs> this is like pretty much I would have to say like one oh. of the greatest things we disagree on. Okay. But Netflix. Do you think it's a red aura thing? I don't I can I, have to I don't say, I need get more it. data. Like I know, like, everyone loves Netflix. I know you love Netflix. I I know the kids love Netflix. I I don't get Netflix. I don't understand. Like, I watched Friends back when it was on. You want to watch it again? I don't want to watch it again. That's what it's for. I watched The Office (laughs) when it was on. I don't need to watch it again. But it's great. You can watch it without commercials. I know. You can skip the intro. So perfect. It's like, and then I look at the movies. Yeah. Oh, the movies you liked Between Two Ferns. Between Two Ferns was hilarious. You liked that. And we watched that yeah. Kevin Costner one about where he yeah. was chasing Bonnie and Clyde. That was terrible. We watched it, though. The Adam Sandler ones are terrible. Here's my issue with Netflix movies. They're a little too long. No, the Adam Sandler one was funny, like with the wedding. Yeah. That was cute. Okay. I forget what it was called, but that was yeah. They're a little too long. That's my yeah. criti- critique of Netflix was, movies. Yeah. I mean, I just don't get it. Like, you know, why are we watching stuff from 2000 again? Well. Let's get some new stuff. I watch Gilmore Girls. You watch Gilmore Girls. Yeah, and I'm in the middle of that one too, an Outlander. Yeah. I mean, and I did I did watch Stranger Things. You watched Stranger Things. Which was with good. Our daughter, it got so. a little weird at the you liked last it. season. You liked it. Got really corny. Whatever. You know, we watched Bree sing to Never Ending Story. The, our kid likes it. <laughs> the kids like it. It's good. It was a bonding experience. Netflix. Netflix. All right. The kids I might, and I, I might, like it. I might, uh, I'm going to say this low. Turn your close your ears for a second. Okay, I might discontinue it. No, the one okay. day you did, remember? Yeah, and like Bree and I, like it was like a family. Like I think I like, called you like a, at it work. Like, it was like a war. I got like text from everybody. <laughs> like at work, I called you. And get like, the get Netflix on. Get, get it back, back because on. Because you only do it from a gift card because you don't trust them with your credit card numbers. <laughs> so you have to buy a gift card, which is like some sort of weird red person fear of getting ripped <laughs> off by netflix you won't put him on your credit card i go to Publix and i get it <laughs> you know that night like you, you know it was like gift card that night it was like 30 below zero i was freezing <laughs> it was snowing we live in florida oh yeah it's <laughs> it like 80 all right well it was 89 it was hot and humid <laughs> and i went out and i got that gift card for netflix and that's that, actually that, that might be coming up soon oh so i better rush to yeah you I better might, i have to get that all right Danielle asks, mm-hmm. do you control who comes during a reading from the other side? So it's a little mediumship there. Oh, mediumship. Yeah. So well, here's a story. Um, this week, actually, I had a woman come and you know she's all nervous and her daughter like kind of got her the reading. So she came to my house and she was like, I'm a little nervous, you know, and and I was like, okay, but she, you know, she was sweet about it. I'm like, it's okay. I only say like, people always get scared. I'm going to say scary things. I'm like, I don't say scary things. I'm like a positive psychic person. Mm-hmm. 
spiritual life guidance. Anyways, so I always start with a prayer. Okay. My prayer is angels, guardians, almost on the other side. Please step forward for us today. And it goes on. And it's my prayer. And I, I just, I just go through it and nothing ever stops me, but I'm sitting here and all of a sudden I hear dad, dad, dad. And I'm like, Oh my God, is your dad passed? And she started crying. She's like, yes. And I'm like, he won't even let me finish my prayer. He's so pushy. He wants to come in right away. So I had to kind of, I had, it was so hard because I had to physically like center myself to finish my prayer before we, because I always have to protect myself. And then we started talking about her dad and he came in great and he came in with his name and he came in talking about her recently deceased brother-in-law and saying they were together. And I felt his heart heaviness. He passed through cardiac arrest and I felt like a shadow pain, which sometimes I do during readings. And his daughter who was sitting with me had terrible guilt, had terrible guilt about how he passed even. And he just wanted to tell her it's okay. And I'm okay. And I'm not mad and I'm all right. And I love you. And all these things about the family he wanted to say. And at the end, she said, you know, the whole reason for me coming here was, and she didn't tell me this, but the whole reason for me coming here, she said was for my dad to see if he would come through. And he came through right away. And so I don't control who comes through because once you open the door, like they just decide who's going to come in. But I find it very often the people you want to hear from show up for you. So yeah, I don't really control it, but it seems to work out. Okay. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's just, they come Sometimes they might not, right? I don't know. Yeah, it depends. Like, sometimes it's really sad, like, suicides. Sometimes if there's two kinds of suicides, there's, like, oops, I didn't mean to, suicides. And then there's people who are truly mentally ill. And sometimes people who um, did it by accident come through to tell you, like, that was an accident, and I am sorry. But sometimes people who were suicides who, you know, their lives were so painful, you know, that they just try to tell you like that they were so clouded with mental illness and they don't always come through as good. And a lot of it's because I feel the way that it's shown to me is that they go to a very soft place where they heal and are given amazing amounts of unconditional love, almost womb like in its feeling when I channel that space where they are so have to be so healed with unconditional love from spirit and then eventually they can come through but there's no bad place they go to it's just they're a little quiet for a while sometimes with suicides it's very sad all right and our last question we've been getting a lot from the bachelor in paradise yes um the couple dean yes and caitlin i think it's caitlin 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 Caitlin. Mm -hmm. the caitlin Kaylin. Kaylin. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like, I mean, everybody's been asking me. Like, I, I, like, I actually got more DMs this week than I ever have, and oh, they really? were all about like Dean and Kaylin. What's Dean and Kaylin? I think they had Christina like, Shawman. I would know who they are. On last week. Yeah. And she talked a little bit about them. So, Dean is what I call. I just made this up when I was talking to Christina because it's just a first page guy. All right. Like he just does not want to read and pass his first page. Okay. It's just too much for him. He can't be. He's very, he's green. He's like guru green gone kind of wrong. So it's kind of like he's guru green, but he doesn't have a ton of self-confidence. Yeah, and he's, he's really weird. He has like, some issues. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to insult the guy or anything, but I... No, he seems nice enough. Yeah, he seems very nice. Yeah. I mean, he reminds me of a guy that I used to know named Frenchie. Oh my God, Frenchie. From Buffalo. Yes. When we lived in Buffalo. And he seemed like a guru green. I don't know if he is or not, but, you know, he like had like, like weird things like hey man like 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 when he showed up on that national tv show and i actually saw that part yeah to, with uh chris harrison yes he was like i just got out of my van and that's like he was wearing like a ripped up t-shirt 
Yeah. And I was like, Frenchie. Yeah. yeah. He well, rollerbladed to Cleveland. For your friend Frenchie rollerbladed yeah. from Buffalo to Cleveland. Yes, he did. That is correct. Yeah. With like no food with nothing, or money. Nothing. Like with a bottle of water. And no change of clothes. Right. I, I can see that Dean guy. Yeah, doing that. Doing that. When I've noticed like a spirit trick is if somebody reminds you of somebody else, they have a lot of parallels. It's yeah. like a way spirit tells you to read them. Anyways. So, like, if you meet somebody and you're like, oh, my God, you remind me just like my college roommate. Like, they probably have a lot in common. It's kind of like a spirit thing. But anyways, yeah, like, uh, Dean, I feel like he has some, I don't know, like, he gets nervous that he's not going to measure up. This is subconscious. So, he decides to keep expectations real low. Okay. And so, that's what I think he tries to do. Like, I feel like on Becca's season, no, wait, no, who, who was, no, Rachel. He was with Rachel. Did we, who, uh, no, Becca. Wait, oh, my gosh, I forget. Who knows? One of them when they the yeah no, hello no. help me whose season was he know. on? He went. His dad is like you he, saw that episode. Yeah. He was like uh, his dad's like like a goo like a like, real goo like the Buddha. Right? Yeah, like he has no furniture yeah. and they went and meditated and Dean just yeah. started crying hysterically. Yeah, it was smoked up. And it, you know what? I feel like Dean's like going through a process and hopefully, but he's a one page guy. I just don't feel like he wants anybody reading past that one page. And I feel like Kaylin yeah. won't do that to him. And it's more about Kaylin. Like, help me, fix me, make so, me feel good. Yeah. And that makes him feel more powerful. So what is Carol? Uh, Kaylin's Carol's purple aura. and blue. Kaylin, Kaylin is purple and blue. Purple and blue. Yeah, and I think she just she's got a lot of feelings right now. And she has a lot of, like, you know, unresolved trauma in her life and whatnot. And I feel like Dean would much rather focus on all that. Right. Then have anybody focus on his trauma and his unresolved issues and so things like that. So it's good, working. So they're a good match. I think it's working. I think it's a good match so for now. Basically, when this whole Bachelor and Paradise thing's over, they can rent a Winnebago. Yeah. Travel to like somewhere in Wyoming. Yeah. And uh, you know, rollerblade to uh, Michigan. Yes, and that will be their and life. Perfect. Little hippies. That's fantastic. There's someone for everyone. There's a lid there, for yes, every pot. There is, you know, someone told me that. Yes. You know, and he a was very right. wise man. His name was Eric. Yes. He told me there's someone for everyone. That's right. And there's a lid for every and pot. And I didn't believe that till this moment. Till this so, one moment. Till this one moment where, where Dean and Carol are now going to be together. Kaylin. <laughs> Dean and Kaylin will be getting together. All right. All right. So. We're wrapping this up. So this is our sixth episode. Yes, it is. We definitely need sponsors because we're independent we do this ourselves we, we are podcast ourselves. none we ha- we are very high tech <laughs> instead we of got, podcast like, one we, we <laughs> podcast none yeah instead of podcast one to, right so yeah we're not backed by podcast one <laughs> no or none no no even podcast none is not gonna podcast back. none they're not backing us either you know what we need we need like um you ever in high school you read that book uh oh man it's been so long great expectations never like pip no and he's got like the benefactor that's what we need. I got a call the other day, Scott. Seriously? Yeah. And it, for a benefactor? He, he's a billionaire. A billionaire. Okay. And he's looking for someone to spend the week with him. Okay. But he wants a redhead. He wants a redhead? Girl. But I, but I, <laughs> I told, I told him you do it, but you got to call him daddy. You got to call him daddy Warbucks. <laughs> and he'll sponsor like two more episodes. Will you like do Anderson it? Cooper. Um, <laughs> Will you do it? Um, yes. You got to yes. wear shorts with suspenders, like Do short I have shorts to... with suspenders. Are and you dance? sure we can't just send carrot top or that other guy? 
John Wayne? Nope. He wants you. He wants me. I told him you're coming. Okay. You got to call him Daddy Warbox. And he will then sponsor and be our benefactor for, for the two, podcast. Only two more episodes. For two for two episodes? Yeah. He's a billionaire, oh but that's all okay. he can do. Am I at least going to get the helicopter and mo- meet Punjab? Yes. You get Punjab for a I week. get Punjab for a week. Yep. All right. And no and kids. I, and no I get kids. The, no kids. Go. And I get a dog. You, well, you can bring the dog. I can bring the bring dog. Bring Sandy. I can bring the dog. Wow. Well, so, all right. Anyway, we have that. Well, all right. Going so, the, for so us. if we don't get another sponsor, like, then I'll have to go with Daddy Warbucks <laughs> and dress up. And, I'm sure he wants Carrot Top instead. I mean, come on. I'm gonna put you in that red dress. <laughs> I can't sing. He's green. He's got. But a I fetish. can't sing. And remember, I'm not singing to episode. Juan told me he's gonna hold me to it. Oh, really? Episode like 172. If we make it to 172, I have to sing a song. Well, this green guy has a fetish. And th- that, that'll be and the end of the podcast. He wants you to sing. The sun will come out tomorrow. Yeah. You know. Him. You know. I. You know, I feel like we're the between two ferns of podcasts right now. Mm-hmm. Like the low budget, you know, PBS. Maybe we should have a telethon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll get some people, answer some phone calls. So anyways. Get some donations. All sponsors, right. if you're interested Answer. or know someone, throw yeah. them our way. We're, All gra- right. we're very grassroots. That's that's also why your reviews mean a lot to us. Yes. No, in all seriousness, they do. No, they really do. We love the reviews. Like we, We've gotten we, a lot. Yeah, we have. And you guys have been amazing. And it's it's actually grown a lot quicker. It's yes. just that, like, you know. Yeah, no, the, according to the statistics, we're in the top 10% already. Yeah, that's which is crazy. huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought we were going to get, like, four I'm really, listeners. I'm really happy. Well, yeah. guys, right. I'm always interested in your feedback, your suggestions. This podcast is for you and about you, about how living your life authentically through knowing your aura can help you just live more fulfilled. And that is my point. So please never hesitate to reach out and take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.